Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice. Hi, welcome everybody. Um, this is another one of our Wessex LMC's podcast and it's great that you're joining um, us today. So I'm Louise Greenwood, Director of Education with Wessex LMC's and I'm really pleased to be chatting to Andy Perbrick, our Joint CEO and um, GP in Dorset, and David Birch, um, who is new to, um, to us and to this podcast and is going to talk to us about coaching because he was the one who did some coaching with Andy Perbrick, who is one of the most sceptical GPs about this sort of thing that we know. So it's just going to be about how does it feel to have to be coached, how does it feel to be the coach and what you might get out of it. So welcome, David, and very nice to see you, see you. Thank you very much, Louise. It's great to be here. So, Andy, you weren't naturally a sort of person that might want to, to be coached, but you decided to carve out some time in your very busy day to be coached. So can you tell us a little bit about why you wanted to do it? And then we can ask David what he thinks GPs will get out of being coached. Thanks, Louise. Yes. Uh, well, you could probably describe me as, uh, as the perfect cynic, really. Uh, too busy to do anything other than work uh, and feeling like it was difficult to justify any other time out um, to do self-reflection or anything like that but actually a number of people that are relatively close to me suggested that it would probably be a useful thing to explore. Um, I had some uh, particular questions from a career point of view to to perhaps look out and answer um, looking at a direction of travel for for my career uh, and um, my wife had had mentioned coaching on a number of occasions. She's a consultant, and it was a it's a normal part of her um, career, and has been since she's been a consultant. And one of the uh, the well, the acting chief executive of the LMT at the time also um, suggested that coaching may be something that I wanted to explore. And it's slightly ironic, really, because. Through our pastoral support at the LMC, I do signpost quite a lot of people to um, coaching and mentoring. And um, so there was an element of actually finding out for myself what I could get from it as well. So, Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? When you're not quite sure, but it'd be very good at signposting people sometimes, but not taking taking own medicine. That's what I think doctors sometimes do. So, um, David, I don't know how many GPs you have coached or whether you coach a whole variety of people. Can you tell us a little bit about why you think coaching is important and what you hope GPs can get out of it? Well, um, not, I've not coached very many GPs, it has to be said. Um, so probably a handful, as many as you could count on the fingers of one hand. I've done a lot of work across the NHS, uh, but mostly in the acute sector where the money is often fed through the big trusts. Uh, so lots of work in that area and more widely in the field of health research. Um, so I'm familiar with the NHS as a system, uh, but not so much GPs. But from what I know of GPs and having, of course, worked with Andy over a number of months, um, I think they're people who um, are extremely busy, um, absolutely um, there's no end to the demands on a GP's time, the pressures, um, dealing with all of the issues we're only too familiar with at the moment in the NHS and more widely in our communities. And so having that opportunity just to press pause for a, a short time, it doesn't have to be for hours on end. I mean, coaching can be short uh, sessions as well as longer sessions to press pause and just to notice what is going on and to reflect on uh, maybe choices that you might want to make that perhaps you're holding back on 
maybe moving into particular areas in, in, in it could be in the practice or with um, colleagues more widely and to have that headspace uh, to really reflect on what matters most and maybe what you have been pushing off but you know that you need to do so I think that's useful for any of us I to have my own coaching uh, and I've worked all over um, different industries and sectors and um, by and large it's something people really enjoy once they get into it I think making that move as Andy was saying can be harder because um, you know we like to survive we're, we're survivors aren't we I mean the NHS is quite a it, it prides um, survival and being strong and managing under difficult circumstances. So, that's maybe, so, so do people need to be not quite surviving to do it? Is it a lifeline or, I mean, how vulnerable do you have to be and how fragile do you have to be just to attempt to have some coaching? Well, you need to be willing to reflect on yourself. So there is some vulnerability needed. Uh, so in other words, just to be honest with yourself, really, uh, and with the coach. And a good coach won't judge you. So they create a space where it's okay to talk about, you know, all of your hopes and your fears, your doubts, maybe what you're holding back from, and to explore that in, in, with somebody who's, you know, like a neutral, they won't be completely neutral, but they'll, have, they'll share something of themselves with you, but it's somebody who's really there to support you and isn't part of your social network. They're not part of the practice. They're not part of the world you inhabit. They're just there for those sessions and then they so Andy, how, how did you feel when you started thinking about going coaching before your first session? Did you know what you wanted to talk about? Were you a little bit nervous about it? Did you feel confident? Just, just Can you remember how you felt about it? Yeah, I was a bit nervous, especially meeting David. I went down the route of getting a recommendation. So David had been recommended to me, um, actually by my wife. Um, uh, and um, so there was an element of um, stepping into the unknown. I didn't really know what the coaching um, would involve or whether I'd get on with David, to be honest with you. I guess I've written down a few words that I would describe the coaching that I experienced. So, um, I think there was an element of self-care that perhaps I'd neglected over 20 years in general practice. And it felt a bit of a luxury to me, um, especially when I was trying to fit it into my diary. Um, but it was a safe conversation. As um, David said, it was with a neutral person. So it felt very easy to be honest um, and reflective, actually. I felt like I had a bit of headspace um, uh, and permission perhaps to think differently uh, and to talk about those things from a career perspective I think more for me that I'd perhaps put on the back burner and felt that there wasn't time to look at um, as David said it was really non-directive um, but kind of allowed me to set goals with a, a view to achieving them I think there was that dilemma as I've touched on as of the value of coaching versus a time commitment but actually I would say it was time well invested um, and certainly I've used it uh, to inform my GP appraisal, for instance, as well. So it's, I would see that as very reasonable use of your GP appraisal uh, or CPD time uh, to contribute to your, uh, to your, your learning as a GP. So, um, but I think my, my, yeah, my initial apprehension was quickly allayed by 
the initial conversation with David, but I think he probably touched on the fact that actually the agreement to undertake coaching is kind of a, a mutual thing. So he had to see whether or not he could work with me, which miraculously he did. Um, you know, so. And how long? So you have an initial session, do you? Or do you start off with having a conversation to see if you're going to get on? David, how do, what, what are the nuts of all How does it actually work? Well, um, most coaches will offer what is often called a chemistry session. So no chemicals involved uh, directly anyway. And uh, the idea is to see how you get on and uh, just talk about what maybe the work might involve and some of the practicalities. So that usually lasts for, say, half an hour, something like that. I, I think we have one of those, if I'm yeah, not yeah. mistaken. And so as... And he says, then it's on the basis of mutual consent. So, and what I usually say is, let's have a first session, see how that goes, and then we can decide from there. So, it's entirely up to the coachee, uh, well, and the coach as well, but more the coachee, really. They're the client, the person who's the focus of the work. And if it's not working for them, um, the coach will accept that and, and move on. Um, there are other people out there and I mean there's lots of different ways you can go about sourcing coaching um, so yes it's absolutely uh, have a first conversation and then see how it goes take it from there and is it sort of a series of six hour long or what, what um, yes I mean I offer a series of six uh, my sessions tend to be a little bit longer but I'm working more in the corporate kind of I call it executive coaching so in the corporate world um, it's easier for people to make, carve out that sort of time frame um, and I, I think that was generally how we worked but I work for shorter sessions in some cases and um, I know people working in primary care with GPs and it could be for an hour um, sometimes even less than that uh, but you need a reasonable slug of time just to get into the conversation it's not something you can just sort of r rush off in 20 minutes it's something that requires you know that space to you know to really step back to kind of relax into it a little bit to consider well what is what is the work here we need to do and and that and takes Andy, a did time. you were they face to face or were they virtual conversations what did you decide to do andy so i think we started off in covid didn't we still david so we we did, we did ours virtually via zoom and it worked very well or they for our final session we met up face to face which was kind of a nice conclusion to, to things but it works very well i think via via zoom um uh, and um it's very much more time efficient as well less traveling and, and especially for david he's not based locally so um you know it actually allows you to pick from a wider field of coaches if you're willing to do things via zoom i just wondered if a neutral territory or neutral place to meet was important or maybe if it's over zoom it doesn't matter david what's your opinion on that sort of thing it's a good question i think having somewhere that is private and confidential is very important because that creates the safety we were talking about so somewhere which is you know a, a door has a door that you can close and you're not going to be disturbed um Beyond that, I do think there's an advantage in being out of the normal place of work. Um, so it's not always possible, but I think there's something about being somewhere different. It just creates a different atmosphere. And as Andy was saying, Zoom, I mean, probably now, where we are now, it's June. I'm doing probably about half of my coaching work online, the other half in person. I actually enjoy the in-person working. And it's something that has converted very readily and i think most people find it perfectly acceptable online so i don't think there's a 
right answer to that. So we talked before about GPs particularly having such a time pressure. Um, So if you can only squeeze an hour and it happens to be at lunchtime in your consulting room, Andy, is it you shut the door and do it then or you don't do it? How would it feel to do it halfway through the day when you've got so many things going on? I think you probably need the headspace to be able to switch off. I mean, that's a personal reflection. I needed that sort of that time to not be thinking about other things. Um, I think if you're going to get the, the most out of it, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's, it's that thing that you would fit into the middle of a busy surgery. Um, you'd probably want to do it in a degree of protected time or, or evenings or. So you've had six, you've come to the end of your six. I think you did, was it six over 12 months? I think ish. And, ish. and Andy, so you come out of the six sessions. What have you got out of it? And when you when you look back and you think, well, yes, there's one thing I'm particularly pleased about, or it was the whole feeling, or it was the creation of the time. Is there anything particular you think, yeah, that was amazing, and that would make me do it again, or will I go back into it? I think when I went into it, I had a question about what I wanted to do in terms of my career and wh- whether or not I had the skills to perhaps go in the direction of travel that I was thinking of, um, or perhaps had the skills but hadn't had the confidence to think that I had so it's having that initial question to discuss and then that honest conversation about what's been holding you back why do you think you can do it why do you think you can't do it um and yeah to begin with I was like is this really going to answer the question but actually at the end of six sessions it had given me the confidence to make decisions from a career point of view that probably I wouldn't have made before the coaching. Um, uh, and it also felt like I actually had set aside time for myself uh, and for me to think about my career um, in a way that wasn't driven by time pressure and, and circumstance. You know, it was, it was really genuinely probably uh, a reflective, a reflective period Um like no other to be honest with you so it felt slightly self-indulgent but in a very therapeutic way so giving yourself permission isn't it it's funny isn't it why do we have to give ourselves permission so it's it's interesting david Hmm. and his reflections are they mainly what you see coming through the coaching or do people respond in different ways i mean each person is different uh louise and uh but i think what andy's pointing at is very familiar to me that you know we, we're creatures of habit aren't we? we we acquire certain habits and they become our personality and we get used to operating in a particular way so to kind of step off the hamster wheel almost to say well actually hang on a sec there's something here i mean maybe i need to work with just to go a little bit out of the comfort zone you know i always i always think that's a good litmus test if there's a bit of a little bit of discomfort we don't want to have too much but a little bit of discomfort is a good thing because we're probably learning and testing out stuff that is useful. So um, that is very typical. And uh, I think a bit of healthy skepticism isn't going to do anybody any harm. I think if, you, if you're listening to this thinking, oh, you know, I wonder what it'd be like, give it a try. What have you got to lose? You know, you, worst thing that happens is it doesn't work out. You say goodbye and carry on. But you may be surprised. So I'd really encourage anyone listening to have a have a go and there are lots of coaches out there i mean i think it's a it's a booming industry 
I mean, find, find see if you can find a good one. You may have some questions or thoughts about that. Not me, by the way. I'm not. I'm not here to promote myself. But there are plenty of very talented coaches out there working specifically in your area for for GPs. And I would say you, know, you don't need to be the sort of touchy fluffy, touchy feely type. You know, I'm completely the opposite to that. And as I intimated to begin with, you know, was trying to justify giving up the time to do it. But actually, I found it anything but sort of fluffy and touchy-feely. I found it useful, but I think it is all about finding the right coach. So recommendation, meeting the coach beforehand. Um, I'd encourage all of all of that. Okay. That's been so interesting. Thank you, David. Thank you, Andy. If anybody wants to find out more about the sceptical GP and what they've got out of it, um, Andy, would you be happy to talk to individuals if they want to say, actually, what was it like, Andy, I'd like to have a word with you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And there's we know there's lots of um, NHS funded coaching for GPs and all other members of the team at the moment. There's looking after you. There's the leadership academies, there's training hubs, all sorts of people are offering coaching. So we are very happy to point you in lots of different directions if you'd like to find some more coaches and to help you find one. But um, so it's not just papering over the cracks and it is a useful thing to do. I think you both agree. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you for, for listening and we'll catch you again soon. Thank you. Wessex LMCs, supporting you and your practice.